Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. I sound like the uh, police officer in uh, Allo Allo. Good evening. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. I am Cammy Black or Kimmy Block. Um, I am in slight darkness tonight. I'm in the middle of a house move. So my normal little lamp that shines a bright, shiny white light on my face and illuminates me is in a box somewhere. Uh, but slightly more illuminated than me is Nicholas Cage. Uh, no, sorry, Ian Hay. Good evening, Ian. You're on mute. mute. There he's on mute. Chanting away at himself on mute. So much, yeah. No, I'd, I'd unmuted my mic, but I hadn't unmuted the... Uh... The stream yard thing. So yes, hello everyone. Hi. Good evening, Ian. And also good evening, John Anderson, with his lovely collection of guitars behind him. Good evening, all. Yes. If I go that way, you can see the V as well. So very nice. Um, yes, don't forget you could we are live now on YouTube, Twitch, uh, Periscope, and a couple of other places as well. Uh, if you're watching this live, you can get involved in the comments. Any questions, anything you want us to cover, give us a shout and we'll pick it up. Um we are also um, on Patreon, Scottish Rugby. Uh, if you, well, sorry, patreon.com slash Scottish Rugby Podcast. Ian's on the cider, the scrumpy tonight as well. Um, I was on the port. I was going to say, because we're moving house, I'm clearing out the alcohol cupboard and I was going to be, be on the port because I found this lovely wee Coburn's miniature at the back of a cupboard. And I was explaining to John before we came on, port can go off apparently because there's a massive lump of something at the bottom of this. So I'm not drinking it. Not this oh, Just give it a storm, man. I'll be fine. I've got, home, I've got a day of homeschooling tomorrow. I it's, don't... Like one, it's like lumpy bits of sugar, mate. You just get the spoon in, <laughs> smash it up. Really fine. Um, for this sort of high quality chat, you can subscribe for three pound a month <laughs> through our Patreon, <laughs> patreon.com slash Scottish Rugby Podcast. Uh, or if you want to pay, you can pay five pounds a month and enter our VIP Doogie Donnelly Lounge. Now, you don't get anything extra for being in the Doogie Donnelly Lounge. But you do get your name read out on the podcast. So we've got a couple of thank yous uh, to a couple of people who've signed up and to enter the Doogie Donnelly Lounge. So uh, thank you very much, Blair Anderson. Uh, Blair, thank you very much for that. There's your wee shout out. Um, and the other person who signed up just before Christmas, so I missed them, was Brian McLeish signed up. And Jesse Murray, who's paid $10. Now, I'm going to assume that's £5. But given the way we're now post-Brexit, I don't know, you know, that that could be... I mean, maybe we should start dealing in dollars from here on. It might be the, the same currency. Is it US dollars or Canadian dollars? Uh, US dollars, I think. I reckon that's about £6.30. £7.34 at the current exchange rate. Jesus. Cheers, oh, Jacob. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Jesse. So, and, and thank you very much. Uh, the one upside of Brexit is that anybody paying for us, uh, the subscription in dollars is probably doing us a favour. This is, so it's got a dodgeball, hasn't it? Where they, where they debate whether to pay their pay their uh, bill in Canadian dollars and save a bit of money. <laughs> I mean, that, this is an extra one bar per month for me and John. This is oh, how good's one bars, by the way. Just as an aside, how good are they? Um, hello to everybody that's with us uh, this evening, watching live. Uh, hello to Alan McDonald, who's going to take take us on a walk with his dog. Yay! So good evening to Alan Allen. I've got a special treat for Alan later on. Good evening to Andy Lowe, who uh, loan a regular regular listener to us um, as well. Um, we are also brought to you in partnership with Manscaped, who are the best in downstairs male grooming. Uh, if you go to manscaped.com slash Scottish Rugby, you will get 20% off plus free shipping on anything that's on there. And there's all sorts of things 
that you can get on there. You can get a moisturizer, ball toner, clippers, nose trimmers, anything that you could want in male grooming is there. If you forget that link, just search Manscaped, go to their website, and if you put SRP for Scottish Rugby Podcast in at the checkout, you will get 20% off plus free shipping. They're going to be partnering with us all the way through this to the end of the Six Nations, whenever that is, so probably sometime in 2023, I would imagine. Um we um we'll start with we'll start with news anyway, which is what we're here for. We were, we were hoping to talk about some rugby, but the uh, 1872 Ian got um, frozen off like ten minutes beforehand. Yeah, I mean, I was on. Um, you know, I just loaded up the Premier Sports app about fifteen minutes beforehand. I had it on mute because Rona was watching telly. Uh, then one of my mates in our WhatsApp group said, "Games off," and I was like, "No, I'm watching it right now." So I turned the volume up and. You know, there was Big Jim saying that uh, apparently the, the ground, they tried to do some test scrums. ground couldn't take even a plastic stud. Um, so deemed un- unsafe to play on. There are some there are some Welsh and English sides who would say that the Scotsdon pitches, pitches never been able to take, pla- take studs. <laughs> That's like, like, it's either too dry, you know, to, and it will cause the, the, the poor wee scarlet some nasty skin phases. Um, or it's uh, too dry to take a stud. Um, but that's a weird thing, though, because I mean that day was r- ridiculously warm. Yeah. And then you know it's meant to be an all-weather pitch, but uh, you know unless it's frosty warm. or too yeah, dry. I mean, There's extremities, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, like frostiness in Scotland is expected. Um, yeah. But I mean, it was. I'd gone up to the shops a wee bit beforehand, and I didn't think it was that cold. But obviously. Scotson's a bit closer to the river. It's a bit, you know, gets a bit more wind chill on it. And you are like, like some of us here are kitted up for the ice age with your hirsuteness, so you'll be fine. Indeed, you know that's why uh, the only Assassin's Creed game I've ever bought was Valhalla, so I could un- unleash my inner Viking. <laughs> <laughs> um, the well, not the weather, but there have been some cancellations and postponements that have a knock-on effect uh, this week. European rugby. So all the, the the challenge, whatever format of European rugby we were playing, because it was almost unfathomable to try and work out how that worked. You needed a, a, a degree in astrophysics to work out how the groups work. But basically, all European rugby is off for the moment because the French government won't let its professional teams travel overseas for cross-border competitions. Um, the Women's Six Nations has been postponed until either the spring or early summer. Uh, the men's Six Nations at the minute is on. Now, the reason the women's has been postponed and the men's has not is because, I think we discussed this last time when they cancelled the last one, that you it's harder to create bio... I don't call it bio bubbles. No. Is it bio bubbles? Or is that what that... Is that uh, what John Travolta was in in that film? Bio-secure bubbles? Bio-secure bubbles. Anyway, because um, apart from... I think apart from England and... I think it's just England, in fact, are wholly professional. Everybody else has a degree of amateurism yeah. within their ranks, and so people are doing their jobs, and you can't expect them to give up their jobs to go and be in a biosecure bubble uh, for a whole competition. So that's been postponed. Uh, the under-20s as well is postponed um, similarly. The Six Nations at the minute is going ahead. Now, there was an announcement today in France. John, I don't know if you saw it. The French government have said that the game against Italy can go on, Yep. So the French uh, government are happy for their players to travel to Italy. Beyond that, they are making no commitments or comments about whether or not it can continue. So we're likely to get the first round of the Six Nations as things stand. 
Yes, and there's, if you think about it, right, so there's an element of, whilst I still expect France to fly to Italy, they don't have to. Um, the the other options for coming to the the home nations and Ireland, aside from taking a ferry, which would be very, very good fun, let's be honest. Um, every, every rugby player who's taken a ferry in the past has caused carnage. So, you know, it's it's not probably going to work well for them in terms of getting a result if they come over on a ferry. Are you, you know, not- yeah, you're not is, is Butte not banned from taking a ferry or somewhere? I know. Uh, two, yeah, two guys from Bishopton, as far as I'm aware. Right. Right. This, this the old. I think we had, had this on the blog before. I know when when Berwick played Orkney, yeah, they uh, they took advantage of the five pound upgrade to first class, where it was all you can drink. And I think yeah. they drank the ferry dry. So. I mean, Mohammed Hua has uh, today. Um, been accused of, of being part of a burglary of a fag shop in France. <laughs> which is perhaps the most French of all crimes, stealing cigarettes. <laughs> oh, I mean, seriously. Come on, guys. This 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 tournament deserves a better class of criminal. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, oh, the, I so, the port. <laughs> Allegedly. Sorry. Allegedly. 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 <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so France look like they're, they're cross-bordering it Italian job style. Yeah, they're coming yeah. back with the the trophy, the, whatever trophy they play for against Italy in the back of the coach hanging back, off the back, back of an Alp. Back of the transit, they're all they're all they're like seven, seven, eight French forwards all cooped up in the back of a transit like home alone. It's going to be class. Yeah. Well, did you see? Um, did you see uh, Mahmoud Huas's tackle at the weekend, which only got my yellow card? No. No, uh, I, I retweeted that it. it's uh, it's a bit of a forearm smash. Um, yeah, by the framework, I looked at the framework and I was like, yeah, he should have been off for that. Um, so he's, I mean, for a start, you know, he's he's lucky not to have been omitted from the squad for this allegedly robbing a fag shop. <laughs> and now he could possibly, he should have been suspended for discipline reasons again. <laughs> no, was it later, Jamie Ritchie smack in the face, but. Has anyone done an analysis of the um, propping situation in France? Uh, because that would strike me as there's a necessity for the fag stealing, forearm smashing prop to be available in some degree. We've postponed his, we've postponed his fag stealing trial, <laughs> and we've let him go with a with a forearm smash because we're that desperate for front. We're, that, we're not think, quite Daryl Marfo, but we're that desperate. I don't, I don't think France are that desperate. To be fair. Um, was it when I was on the rock and roll podcast? They did. We were doing a sort of weights thing, like a quiz, like a higher or lower. And yeah. is it uh, Demba Ba? Or is it Demba Ba that plays that or Cyril Bai? I don't I know. But one of, one of them was extremely heavy. Um, and you know, one of those was going to be on the bench. And Uni Antonio, he's tight as well, isn't he? Mm. He's, um, he's a big lad. Big, big yeah, lad. so they're not short, um, but you know. But we'll we'll, uh, we'll let um Hamas we'll 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 say that he's guilty uh, innocent until proven guilty. There's, there's skills that come with being able to be involved in the robbery of a fag shop that maybe the other props don't have. 
Yeah, I've just got. I think it just it said he's been implicated in a burg- burglary and the trial's been postponed. And just uh, just could see these grown grown men distracting a shopkeeper while the other one naps off with some penny chews is kind of like the image I had in my head. But I'm some sure. Bars. Yeah, I'm sure, it's nothing like that. Um, <laughs> the worrying thing, and we we covered John and I talked about this at length uh, last week in our Patreon only podcast about the SIU accounts. The worrying thing is that. There is a possibility, although be a small possibility at this stage, that the Six Nations is postponed once again because of coronavirus. Now, Jason Leach, I think this week, was saying that they are reviewing elite competition, elite sport within Scotland. Uh, I know, Ian, uh, Celtic decided to have uh, a holiday to Dubai in the middle of a pandemic, um, which seemed (laughs) ill-advised. It, I mean, like when I saw the pictures, I mean, most of the complaints were that uh, from Celtic fans, I says, was that they seem to be enjoying themselves when they shouldn't be when they're 19 points behead, uh, behind. Sorry. Um, now up to is it 21 now? 21 now, yep. 21 yeah. out. Um, but then you, there's more pictures have come out. Uh, I read a, a very well written article um, pointing out all the, 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 uh, discrepancies from the the rules they were given and to be fair i mean it's it's been an absolute shambles the spfl should be very frankly ashamed themselves the fact that they basically bullied hibs into playing that game um Mm. hibs asked to get them tested again when there's 16 members of celtic's squad and management team being told to isolate and hibs go look can we get them tested again both celtic and the spfl said no they don't have to which I think, you know, it wouldn't happen to a smaller team. It would possibly happen if, if it was Rangers because, you know, I do realise that um, there seems to be, as the two biggest teams and the ones who bring the most money in, uh, the SPFL have maybe sort of given them a bit of leeway. But that's not fair. In terms of sport and competition, that's not fair. Even a lot of Celtic managed team, John Kennedy has admitted that Celtic had made errors on that trip. Uh, Shane Duffy shouldn't have been playing. He was removed from the bubble. He had to go and deal with some personal issues. And mm-hmm. he was told, he, John Kennedy said, he wasn't going to be involved in the Hibs game. But then all of a sudden, because Celtic were so short of players, there he is back in. Uh, so there's a lot of questions to be answered there. So you imagine, yeah, well, so you imagine like that's, you know, that's Celtic. Now you imagine, you know, playing the Six Nations and all the very, the size of the squads involved and expecting everybody <coughs> within those squads to adhere to the rules at a time when we numbers are absolutely through the roof at a time when you know hospitals are under immense pressure do you i mean do we really want a situation where you've got players john being injured on the pitch and having to go and get treatment in a hospital albeit a private one because that's what the, you know they're not you know siu for all for all it's you know bro, flat broke still goes private for its players it's not quite reliant <laughs> on the nhs but you know those private doctors are you know a lot of them are giving up their time so it's not that i suppose there is a there is an element of how much social benefit do we get out of watching live sport which you know there's a huge benefit to that versus you know what's the strain on health services of having to deal with an injured player when actually health services are stretched as it is yeah i, th- I think that's as a as a guy who hails from the the health services down there are quite let's well, say small uh, would be would be a fair assessment and 
playing rugby down there, we were forever getting on the bad books of the health professionals because they had countless other things to be doing whilst not in a pandemic. And us getting injured was a massive, massive inconvenience for them because they can't just tell you to go away, but they kind of want to um, because they think you're stupid for playing rugby. And you kind of understand their point. You're like, well, fair enough. Yeah, when you boil it down to its constitute parts, that is a really silly thing that's just happened. And I think there is, there will be an element of that in, in even in professional professional sport. You know, you look at guys like Jamie Roberts, who's obviously went went back to the NHS during during the previous lockdown, and is now playing rugby again. And I think tested positive quite soon after starting playing rugby again. It's, um, you know, it's. It's just difficult, and it's becoming more difficult with every every passing day where you're seeing those thousands and thousands of people uh, testing positive, and more and more people getting admitted to to intensive care. It's becoming more and more difficult to justify elite sports' um, privileged position in all this, even with the we're testing, you know, twice a week, we're testing three times a week. It's still becoming a bit much, I think. Yeah, I suppose, the, and the worry for the SRU is, as we said, that their their accounts rely on the Six Nations going ahead at the minimum and 25% attendance in the autumn. Now, if it doesn't go ahead, that's there's no that, that they haven't allowed for that within their accounts, Ian. There's going to be a delay on broadcast money. There's money coming from CVC, apparently, imminently, Um but if that money doesn't come from CVC and it's delayed and you don't get the money from BBC and ITV, then it's it's not looking great for not just Scotland, but I suppose all, all the unions involved. Very much true. Um, but you would imagine, well, you'd, you'd hope um, that maybe the people who have loaned them money, certain banks, would show a bit of common decency. But then that's not how banking operates. Um, <laughs> So, you know, they'd maybe give sort of, you know, a bit of leeway. Um, I mean, I mean Wales, Wales has said, I can't mean the guy's name um, when I'd spoken about it before, uh, Wales were looking at losing 60 to 65 million of turnover, mm-hmm. uh, which is a huge amount of money. And, you know, part of the thing with the Principality Stadium is you put, you know, they have that extra test in the autumn and they put gigs on in the summer and that's how they can afford to keep things going. Um, we don't have that option. Uh, there are now worries that um, redundancies will have to be made at the SRU um, and sort of back things up. And we've seen the, the player drain happen. Uh, I know it's. I mean, because we don't know when stuff is going to start back up. Yeah. Can, you know, I, th- I think. I think your argument around the bankers is quite an interesting one. I, mean, I think in traditional times when there's maybe. You know, if something's happening in isolation where, you know, a sport is struggling or there's an ind- a particular industry struggling, then there can be a collective effort to say, do you know what, right, we are struggling. Do you fancy just like the banks give us a wee bit of leeway? But the banks are all, you know, they're completely interrelated to everything that's going on. So, you know, there's almost, it's not, it's not going to be possible really for them to be, you know, Giving leeway because they've got they've got commitments as well that they're going to have to meet that they may be struggling with. So it's just such a difficult situation. Yeah, 
Yeah, we'll see. I mean, th- th- some of that, and then this is the other bit of news that we've got to, before we move on to the other bits of news that might be linked to the finances, uh, Brian Scobie asks, uh, what are you drinking, Ian? <laughs> Dougie Lowe says, it looks like a bucket of cider. It's, it's a flagon of old Rosie. Um, if, are you thinking, ever... you're drinking a traditional style with the thumb in there and, and yeah, over, the, over the elbow? I, I think whenever I, I mean, the first time I ever counted a flagon, of cider would be about 20 years ago and I saw me and my mate saw it in the supermarket I was like man that we should drink that because it will look like pirates um, <laughs> so if ever I see a flagon uh, I was in Morrison's earlier today like doing my shopping and and I saw that and I was like right you know what I'm getting a flagon of cider I can never turn, I can never not back a flagon of cider no, we, we, we will return to pirates later on in the podcast don't you worry we <laughs> plenty of pirate chat later on um <laughs> Don't make the, me the other... out, man. <laughs> <laughs> try not to try not to make Ian laugh mid mid swig. Um, there has been a bit, there has been a bit of uh, movement transfer wise. Now, I'm just going to say before we move on, I did say to John and Ian that they could swear during this because this section where we've got to talk about trans- transfers. But but the pen is currently listening whilst doing. Uh, some father and son Lego Marvel superheroes. So I don't, I can't allow you to swear. I'm sorry, I don't want, I can't have the pens, young lad, young lad here in a swear. But I'm sure you'd endorse it anyway for the reasons, the reasons we'll come to. <laughs> There's been a number of signings at both pro teams, signings and re signings. Um, the, I don't know how to start with this. Edinburgh have signed James Lang and Glenn Young from Harlequins. That is uh, capped. The current starting 12, James Lang for Scotland. And Glenn Young, very well thought of. Lock, one of uh, the Squid Rugby, highly rates him. Apparently he's got Gastus Bear, very good in the line-out. Um, Jed, Jed Brolad, very happy to be coming coming back to Scotland. I like that you could tell the person that's had that's, that, that paid attention in media training with the quotes in the press release because James Lang was very measured, very much, I'm coming here, it's a great opportunity you know, I'm really looking forward to you know uh, developing as a centre in Scotland. And Glenn Young opens with, "I'm absolutely buzzing." <laughs> Take the lad out of Jed. Um, Apparently, he was a very, very good sevens player as well. Yeah. Um, it was um, a regular on the the King of the King of the Ring or whatever they called it down in the King of the Sevens. The, King of the Sevens. Ah, that's a stupid name. Should be King of the Ring. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put a word. I'll put a word in. Um, Copyright WWE. So <laughs> then we look at what's happened at Glasgow. Now, unfortunately, the Glasgow. Uh, I felt sorry for the Glasgow guy in charge of Twitter this week because after he'd obviously had it all queued up, or she. I don't know. We don't know. It could be a he or she. They had had all queued up. Obviously, this really exciting re-signing news. And then were absolutely blown out of the water by James Lang and Glenn Young signing. So Glasgow, Tom Tom Gardens resigned. I mean, on a, on a long term deal. Now that's that's a good bit of business yeah. because he's an he seems a very exciting prospect, John, and he's a thousand minutes without any penalties, highest number of turnovers in the Pro Fourteen, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's made he's he's come into that seven shirt this year and really has made it his own. Um, he, he he had looked quite a decent prospect last season as well and everybody was quite excited about him so um yeah it's great great to see him hanging around uh for a wee bit longer um or sorry a, a long-term deal or whatever they're calling yeah. um 
Yeah. Someone, someone's cracked the code apparently. Um, for the foreseeable future, is a year. Um, <laughs> uh, multi-year is two years, and long-term is three. Three. That, well, that's that, what the mish. That's what the mish is on because he's the only one that's admitted he's on a three-year deal, and he said it. And they, they announced that as a. What did you say the last one was? A, a long, long-term, long-term long deal. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think we've cracked it. So then Glasgow have also re-signed 29-year-old Super 6 player Sean Kennedy. That's harsh to Sean Kennedy. I'm really sorry. That's just, <laughs> just you're, kind stating, of like, you're stating facts. There's I nothing harsh about that. Um, and a prop, one of whom was playing Premiership Rugby not so long ago, um, a hooker. And um, who else have you re-signed? Well, we've re-signed uh, Duncan Weir. Yes, so that's with, a gap, with a gap of a few years. Yes, technically a re-signing after letting him go to Edinburgh and then to Worcester. Now found that the cupboard is bare, and like that point when in a relate, yeah, one relationship breaks down, and you think, do you know what? It's a really good idea to call my ex. That's who I need to call. <laughs> That's the point. That's the point in getting over Adam Hastings that Glasgow Warriors are at. They've called an ex. It's like Finn Russell. Like we'll go down the list. Finn Russell. I know he's going. He's got that flash lad now. There's no way he's taking me back. Who can I? Who can I got to? I'll check Dunkey Weir's Facebook. What's he up to? He's grown his hair out. He looks like he's desperate during lockdown. He'll come back and play for us. It's like Cobra Kai season three. <laughs> So yes, Dunkey Weir has come back uh, for to have some unsatisfactory uh, rebound sex with Glasgow Warriors. For <laughs> is that a multi-year contract or a? a uh, yes, that was, that was apparently a multi-year. Yes, yeah. so, so it's a two-year two contract. Two we're year guessing. Contract. Yep, yep. Um, I mean, I'm we joke, but it, I mean, it's a good signing. In that, I mean, he's unlikely to. He might be in or around the Scotland squad if there's injuries. And he's, you know, he offered very reasonable cover during the autumn. Yeah. Um, but he's probably going to be behind Jakob van der Voort now. So he's probably fourth choice. So for, from a Glasgow point of view, you have got a, let's call him a, a, a solid, just bubbling below test level 10, appearing for you week in, week out, that you're not going to lose during the international windows, John. So, I mean, it is, it's good news in that respect. Yeah, I mean, it's good news in the in the perspective that it's someone who actually plays 10 um being signed as a 10 i mean i suppose that's that's kind of novel for glasgow we're we're, we're going going down a new route of like actually doing things correctly it's and i agree with you it's it's good in the sense that we will have them most of the year if not all of the year but then the point of that is we're going to have him all year because he's not good enough to be an international player. And, you know, sadly, that's that's where Glasgow are at just now. We're, we're placing our eggs in the basket of a player who we've rejected a few years ago for a stonemason apprentice. Um, and we're, we, we punted him off to Edinburgh. He was shocking over there. He got punted off down south. And, yeah, he's had a bit of a... You know, he's had a decent time down south. He seems to have found a bit of form. But the fact is, he wasn't good enough for Glasgow those years ago. And now we find ourselves in a situation where he's he's our best option. And that's just it's just disappointing. It's just really, yeah. really disappointing. 
I mean, there's uh, Alistair Donald saying his contract status states it's complicated. Uh, oh yes, the um, I mean, it's, it is it is kind of. I mean, obviously, it's always nice when a, when a former player returns in, but but there is something slightly unsatisfactory, I suppose, from a Glasgow point of view that in a week that Edinburgh announcing two relatively exciting signings, and we'll, we'll maybe talk about James Lang in a minute and how excite whether that's exciting or not. You know, two two big name signings, and Glasgow have got uh, you know a couple of reinforcements and a, an X. The biggest thing for me is though that, that Edinburgh have in the last couple of years, for example, they managed to keep Bill Mata, mm-hmm. who is amazing, and Hamish Watson. Whereas we've not been able to keep anyone, even like a, a, a Alex Dunbar or something. Um, so I think Duncan, we are. I, I maybe take some issue with John saying that he was rubbish at Edinburgh. It's just that Edinburgh were rubbish at the time. <laughs> um, and then when Cockers came in, like Duncan Weir was used as a sort of impact sub. And towards the end of the season, that, that you know, his last season at Edinburgh, he did some. He, he won them a couple of games. I think he won yeah. them the RDS, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and at Worcester, he seems to you know he, he's loving his rugby and he's he's playing arguably the best rugby of his career. But and this has been a big umbrage point for me for the last couple of years, is the fact that Glasgow seemed to do no scouting whatsoever, and it just it is just going back through the phone book of, right, who can I call up? I'm sorry to the pen, but maybe his kids will understand this. Who can I call up for a ride here quickly? Um, you know, just I mean, where's the scouting network? Where's the who's who's looking and going right? Who can we bring into ten at ten? Mm. Um, to to improve things, uh, but it was the same. Like Rudy Jackson went away. Like Jackson was the first one of the tens to be cut as Finn Russell was coming along. Um, he went down to Wasps to get turned into a fifteen. Then he came back at fifteen for Glasgow, but he knew he was going to be sitting behind Stuart Hogg. So you know, it's it's like most of the returning players knew they would be backup options, but now Duncan Weir's getting pulled back, and he's going to be the first class. He's going to be the first choice option simply because everyone else we've got at 10 is not good enough. Yeah. Right, Ross Thompson's not had a chance to stake his claim there. That's the other point. Like We don't know if Ross Thompson's good enough. and that, that That's the bit that really annoys me. Is we've got, This season's a write-off. We know it's a write-off. It's probably been a write-off since like week one. And we've not given Ross Thompson any rugby or very limited rugby. So we don't know if he's good enough. He's taking a wage, he's on a professional contract and we don't know if he's good enough. And yet we're going out and we're spending money on a 29-year-old who we know what he can do. And we know, you know, it's going to be bang average, but it'll be better than nothing. So it's... Oh, it'll be better than Brandon Thompson. Well, his goal-kicking certainly. <laughs> goal-kicking will be better <laughs> yeah. than Brandon. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, right, let, let's be honest. He's, he is an upgrade on Brandon Thompson. There's no doubt of that. Um, but Brandon Thompson isn't the first choice 10, you know, he's in that position because Hastings has injured horns out with concussion and we don't trust our youth players. So, which is not a madness. You know, by the way, speaking of youth, um, good news, the pens, uh, laddies, are upstairs, so that's good. and we are, we, we, we did start the sex chat post nine o'clock. I will stress that as well. So we're okay. That's traditional <laughs> watershed is nine o'clock. Can, um, can we swear now? No, bit. no. 
Come no, on, because I have because I have because I'm in the middle of I'm in the middle of packing, and I don't want to spend all night bleeping out all your swears. Well, just put explicit content on it and just warn people. I know, but then I get complaints. Then I get complaints. Well, you know what? Yeah, you can say you're allowed to say Christ. Like an Eminem. I, got, I did get a complaint about that, but I, but, but I'll allow it. But that's blasphemous, Cammy. I know, but blasphemy's fine. <laughs> that's the <just> line. <laughs> that's, blasphemy's the one I'm fine with. Like, I've um, watched the first two episodes of that, um, The History of Swearing on Netflix. Is it good? I, I'm a wee bit disappointed because it's mere just talking heads with comedians trying to do bits. Have you seen the Scottish one on BBC yet? There's one on Scottish swearing on BBC. There's an hour-long documentary. <laughs> Specifically on 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 Scottish swearing, which is worth a worth. But a it's not got Nick Cage on it, so. But but we Scots swear better than anybody. We have we have a real talent for swearing, well, which is well, which is why it takes all the self control in for you not to swear during this <laughs> podcast to save me the time of bleeping it all out. We'd be able to prove that if you just let us swear. <laughs> Anyway, moving on. Um, Sean Lanine is um, the is un, current under twenty coach, I think, isn't he? Yep, he's the under twenty coach. So he was he did have a role as uh, this is in response to Ian McKay's comments. Sorry, I proved nothing. I was reading comments and I couldn't remember who'd commented and who'd said something <laughs> out loud. Uh, Ian McKay said, "Did Sean Lanine have an international recruitment role at one time?" He did. I think that's when we got a load of good, a load of good players and. Um, we, and and um, the other person we used to do, of course, was uh, Scott Johnson. I mean, all the players were signed were also, um, you know, on the books with his agent, allegedly. <laughs> but nonetheless, we did have a, a good good. And, and that, that, like you said, that seems to stop. I don't know if it's the um, who's in it, director of rugby now. It's um, Jim Mallander. Jim Mallander. Well, Jim Mallander. Poor Jim Mallander hasn't got much of a his rolodex isn't as thick. <laughs> or whether or not it's a. You know, a sign of the times, it's Corona. Well, you say it's a sign of the times, but then Ember have signed James Lang and Glenn Young. Yeah. And it was a point um, Dougie Lowe made on the on, on, on our super secret Facebook uh, page for Patreons. You know, it, should there be more of a joined up approach with the SRU? Now, it might be player choice. Maybe, you know, Glenn Young says, I, 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 the commute from Jedburgh to, you know, I can move back to family at Jedburgh. The commute from Jedburgh to Ember is fairly easy, which Jed to Glasgow is a bit harder. But James Lang, I mean, there's there was an there's an argument there that Glasgow need a, a a twelve alongside Sam Johnson and someone that can cover at ten. Yeah, I think I think that's an absolutely fair argument. Uh, again, I, I like that there is an element of player choice that comes into it, and I think um, I think that's that's understandable. And, and there is a role for Lang at Edinburgh as well, because whilst we you know they've got Christine, who is again a, a decent player, but not, you know, he's not a, a world beater. And James Lang could go in there and do a real job as a, a second distributor at twelve, which they've not had since the Phil Burley days, which you know they maybe didn't use it to its biggest uh, capacity at that point. But certainly it was the way Townsend had Scotland try to play for a while. And if Edinburgh are trying to evolve their game, they certainly need a different point of attack. Um, Yako can't do it all himself. And as much as they like to just kick the ball about, it would be nice to see them using a centre occasionally. <laughs> Lang will at least, de- he'll at least demand that. Um, but I think from a... It's just, a, again, it's just a bad look. Because Glasgow have been crying out for signings like for two years. 
there's been you know there's been rumblings of the recruitment being very heavily favored one way for quite some time and then this happens and you know you've got james lang getting announced alongside super sex specialist sean kennedy it's it's just it's not a great look no go on ian i'll let you swear now um i won't yet but um (laughs) regarding sean kennedy my big concern with that is right so we know we've got ali price and Jamie Dobie is, you know, he's up and coming, lots of potential. Horny throws out a contract this summer. Yep. Where's he going? Uh, I believe Pergos is out of contract as well. See if Hornito goes along the M8. Right, and I'm going to swear, I will be fizzing about that. Right? Because <laughs> that boy has not been given a fair crack at the whip. Um I mean, his try scoring record is sensational. People mm-hmm. complain about, you know, his game management's not that good, whatever, right? Uh, he's not being given a chance to show his game management. Uh, and also, like, when he has started, he started in European games against Exeter, for examples, and he's he's played extremely well. Uh, and, and, I mean, this has been a common complaint of mine for ages. People go, oh, he's not got the experience yet. How's he going to get experience if he doesn't get game time? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, it's, there's not some like magic flick of the switch that goes, "All right, now you're 25. That's you. You've got game management and experience <laughs> skills." No, you need to be playing games to get game management and experience skill. No, it's, it's a <laughs> argument. Um, <laughs> and I believe Pergos is out of contract, so if Horn goes, does does go and replace him, we'll, we'll see a lot less box hacking from Edinburgh um, for a start. Um, but it's you know it's going to be a, it's going it's going to feel I think as a Glasgow fan it's going to feel like a, a stab in the back. I'm calling it now. Calling it now. I understand what's happening now. Hornito's going to go across to Edinburgh. Ali Price is going to get bought out of contract and go to Racing, and we're going to get Pergos. <laughs> we're get we're getting the full band together now. I think we'll have to do a, a properly explicit. Uh, one for that. Now I don't know if this is true. This is this is this shows you how ridiculous this is, right? I know that Scotland are terrible at giving young players a start a, a chance. Uh, you know, and, and we've been talking about this for ages. Now you look at the stats, and this is and this is Wikipedia. So don't know how well well updated these are, and I'm sure I'll probably be. Uh, I'm sure Kevin Miller will be on me about some of these stats, but. As as a test, so George Horn is twenty five. Okay, he's older than I. He's always older than I think. He's been around longer than than you think as well. So so he's been on the books at Glasgow since twenty fifteen. According to this, he's made forty three appearances for Glasgow since twenty fifteen. Right, Marcus Smith plays fly half for Harlequins. Is twenty one years old. According to Wikipedia, he's made ninety three appearances for Harlequins. Yep. yep. And he's thought of as a future England fly-off. Now, he's got 93 top-flight games under his belt, and we wonder why young players in Scotland take time to develop and come of age. It's because they don't get the game time. And as a point of um, relevance to that, Johnny Gray, right? Yeah. Johnny Gray was, uh, when he was on an academy contract, apparently he said, you know, when he was told, like, oh, you know, we'll keep you in the academy and blah, blah. Apparently he said, no, I'd rather just keep playing for Camus Lang. So Camus Lang were in, I think, his first year, I think they were in that one. They're doing in that two now. He came in to a team with Al Kellogg and what have you. Can't mean who is. He'll play the Lockett in 20, 
12, 13. So it was the first season that I had a season ticket. I remember I bumped into a friend of mine from Canvas Lang who said, I'm here to see my mate Johnny play. And Johnny Gray was 18 years old. Johnny Gray became a first-team regular at the age of, by the age of 19 years old. You know, it was he was keeping Al Kellogg out of the team so that he could <laughs> partner Leone Nakarawa. Why are the SRU, or whether it's SRU protocols or if it's Glasgow coaching or whatever, why are they so insistent on not giving young people game time and letting them develop into the players they could be? Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 ludicrous, and I think the other, I mean, it, that's really interesting that you know Johnny Gray made that decision to stay and play for Canvas Lang, and you kind of think, I mean, you know, Xander Ferguson's an example of that of an academy academy player. I, I know Xander Ferguson's a fantastic player, but Xander Ferguson struggled in the scrum a lot when he first came on the scene because he was an academy player, so he's used to he's only used to playing against young players. Used to give, I'm sure, a couple of seasons in the Premiership on that one when he was, you know. 18 years old, getting turned inside out by a couple of old heads, you know, he would have learned a thing or two compared to, you know, being taught very technical stuff in a gym or against other guys of the same age. And it's taken him, you know, he's he's, he's an absolutely phenomenal scrummager now, but, you know, he's, he did, he's had to learn the hard way and in the full glare of the public how to do the dirty stuff. Whereas, you know, a bit more game time, a bit more exposure at different levels against different opposition and you know, does the world a good. Yeah. Or you let him play with, say, Glasgow Hawks, um, who, I mean, there's a guy playing Glasgow Hawks called Gary Strain, who's an old head. Uh, I believe he's like a sports, like, uh, not, he has some kind of sports degree and he's working with Strathclyde Uni and Coalition of the SRU, isn't he? I mean, that guy is a like proper old head, good old-fashioned scrummager. And it calls into question the the entire point of Super Six, because um, at first, like with Super Six, I was kind of like, "All right, it's a good idea," um, but it's the issue you're saying it's not a developmental league. So it's like, what is the point then if you're not going to have many young players coming through? Because we look at some of the guys that were playing Super Six last year, a lot of them were kind of like 25, 26 year old. Someone like Sam Kitchen, for example, who's kind of half on the books at Edinburgh. Um, is it Sam Kitchen Hooker or is that his name? I think it is. He was the top try scorer on Super Six last year. Um, but what's the point of paying a foreign import twelve and a half grand a year as a way to progress them up to a pro contract when there could be young guys playing in a Premiership playing more often against old heads who maybe know better? Uh, it's yeah. Um, yeah, the academy system is busted, and I know. Well, I think, yeah, well, no, I know, well, it, it is bust because you look at the ev- the evidence is where do the, we currently stand with the two pro teams right now? Do you know, and and we're struggling for uh, we're struggling to fly half. I mean, the academy has not produced a fly half capable of 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 starting, has it? I mean, you've got Ross Thompson and then Ember had to sign that boy up for Bath, haven't? Was it well, Bristol? See, I don't think I don't think we've produced any positions because you look at the, the Glasgow outside backs. Um, you know we're we're still reliant on guys like Lee Jones, Nico Matawalu, and all that who are over thirty. Yeah. Bobby Dunn has not achieved anywhere near the potential we're hoping for. Um, and one of the things with Glasgow is 
really concerned me. Stafford McDowell isn't on the injured list, and he's not getting game time. And that guy, when he was playing for Glasgow, he's been playing for Glasgow for like two or three seasons, and he's a he's a big lad and he's a damn fine player. Why is he not getting game time ahead of like sort of Nick Gregg, for example, who I particularly rate highly? Um, it's a strange one, isn't it? I saw the I saw the the start around. Um, to the point around the academy players and fly halves. The last fly, the last academy fly half to appear for Glasgow was Duncan Weir, um, the last person we developed that before Ross Thompson was Duncan Weir. So, because obviously Finn Russell wasn't an academy uh, fly half. And there's another fine example. You know, you you give a guy like Finn Russell game time, and you go from yeah. who's this young punk. I mean, the first couple of times I saw him, I was like, oh, I like him. He's a bit daring. And now within, I mean, that would be 13, 14. And then 14, 15, he's made more starts than Duncan Weir. Yeah. And now he's, you know, he's arguably, well, he's in the top three fly halves in the world, I would say. Yeah. You know, you need to give these guys time. You need to let them play the game. You need to get them out on the pitch and, and, and feel proper, you know, pro rugby. Because you look at Ireland and their proliferation of young fly halves who are damn fine. Like we, we, we're not getting Ben Healy. We never were going to get no. Healy. That was a that was a that was a, a an agent classic agent con of I'll mention Glasgow interest or I'll I'll tap Glasgow up and it'll make them up the offer for months. Do you know what I mean? It's a ridiculous yeah. thing. I mean, um, Alan McDonald has pointed out that we're getting an academy fly half through next season in Duncan <laughs> Weir. So just a, a thirty old plus one. Um, yeah. I yeah. like Duncan Weir. Duncan Weir went to my old high school. My, yeah. A couple of my mates trained Duncan Weir. The pen says the best Scottish outside back we've had come through lately is Kyle Stain, and he's not a kid, and he's been through the system. He came from oh. South Africa, and he's like, yeah, he's not even Scottish. Um, no. He came through Scottish. the sevens. He came through the sevens system, albeit after two games. So yeah. there's that. But yeah, it's not no the the whole. I think the the. Looking back on it, as much as every lauded Scott Johnson at the time, he's left us with a bare cupboard of talent. So that there is something not whatever we're at the stage we're at now, where we're becoming over reliant on foreign imports, and that's you know let's be honest, whether the Scots qualified or not, and you know that we are having to, you know, fill the ranks with South African props to fill a gap. But there's not it's not a gap because there's not like there's somebody else coming through that they're just kind of keeping the chair warm for or keeping the front row warm for there's nobody behind that coming through and if super six isn't a development league what is it if you know if the academies aren't producing players what's the point in them what you know there's we've got a good you know a golden generation of scottish talent right now but it's hard to see the next one after that we, we're going to get to the we're going to get to this group of players being 30 30 plus you maybe get two more world cups out of this group of players at best you got one more in Finn Russell maybe two more in Adam Hastings beyond that I don't I don't see anybody going beyond that at, the, at this stage and you would you would expect there would at least be an 18 19 year old on the scene now that you could see sticking around for at least you know the next while. Yeah, it's be yeah, to involve some sort of forward planning, which we know hasn't necessarily been the strong suit of uh, of uh, HQ. So, yeah. Um, anything more on that, Ian? Did you want any more swearing before just before I close my notes to say at what time you swore? Do you want any more swearing on it? 
this issue before we move on. No, I, I don't. I don't feel I have to swear as much, but um, no. But I would just echo what John said. Um, you know, sort of between uh, twenty eleven and twenty fifteen, we had this crop of young, exciting players coming through. Uh, but now they're all getting not long in the tooth as such. A lot of them are hitting their peak. But where are the replacements? Yeah. You know, where 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 is the next Stuart Hogg? Where is the next Finn Russell? Uh, <laughs> why are we just having to rely on South African imports? Guys like Jordan Venter. I can't even remember. Who's, who's the guy at Glasgow signed? What's this? De Bruyne. Yeah. Connor De Bruyne. Why, why, why are we particularly specifically just looking there rather than mm. say like uh, when Townsend took over he saw Nico Matawalu and Leone Nakarawa you know all these guys um, where is the scouting network why is it just sort of alright we need to sign a someone to fill this gap who's who's a former player that's out of contract now right we'll take him yeah. I mean this is uh, Trevor Carmichael saying bring back into district at age gravel grade levels and possibly a club into district too I, I think there's, there's an element that says yes because that's if you are if the scouts are there then from Ember and Glasgow at the inter-district youth level, then that, that those games are going to be competitive because the young players know they're putting themselves in the shop window. It also, I think it makes this, it makes scouting fairer because I know particularly on on the uh, on the East Coast, a lot of it's not how good a player, a lot of it's who you know, who your coach is, who your coach knows. It's not down to you know, co- coaches going and seeing, you know, Duns or Berwick on a wet Wednesday night train. It's it's down to, you know, all, all the, my coach's mates, the coach of the under-16s, and he'll get you a game. And that's that's been the way. And I know that's, I know, you know, I'm sure that's not the way it works all the time, but I have had feedback that that is the way it works a lot of the time, that certain players are favoured. Uh, we've definitely had feedback from some pro, pro players that that's been their experience. If you're not from the right club, you're not from the right area, you don't get seen. You bring it into in district, um, I'm sure you would have the same re- issues at a district level, but but it widens the playing field, doesn't it? It brings more people in. It puts more people in the shop window for the pro teams to come and have a look at, and it makes those fixtures competitive. So I don't, I don't necessarily think it's a... I think there's a lot more that could be done by the SRU to, to increase competitive and develop younger players. I yep. think I think that's I think that's where we'll leave it then. I don't think there's there's no other news. I don't think Ian, you're about to look like you're about to say something. Are you? Yeah, um, the other day, Bishop from Rugby had suggested playing because um, they're having to stop uh, suspend training. They've put a motion forward to the SRU about uh, summer rugby, which I am mm. a big advocate for. Right? Yep. Because I think drier weather it will improve skills. It will get more fans along, which puts more money into club coffers. Um, and it'll maybe, you know, let's say, like, you know, families take along their kids and they see these exciting games of rugby. It'll probably do more for them. If they have a nice day out, rather than just watching rugby as well, they have a good fun day out and might entice them into playing. Um, somebody, I won't name names, like, just for data protection reasons, uh, this this one person commented from what I've been told in the past the SRU aren't keen on summer rugby because people go on holidays he's a load of shit. Yeah. he does say this a load of crap um, and private schools play other sports in the summer 
Yeah, right. and that's that. There's the problem. There's the problem. There's the problem. Right? Them. That's it. It's like, oh wait, say, well, we can't we can't interfere with the cricket season, but it doesn't matter if we're competing Aye. against football because football is a lesser sport. Yeah, it's like, no, all right, cool. they go, no, they've they've got cricket and golf to be worried about. Who Aye, but gives then, a it, about cricket and rugby? You and look at the borders, no, right? Fifty-five. Now I'll write down when you swore there. <laughs> well, just, just like an explicit on it before I. You said we could swear. I did, but only because I can bleep it out afterwards. You can swear live, it's fine. I just have to go back and beep it out afterwards. But the, the, and this is the thing, and because there are other issues as well. And again, the, the SRU in the high, the big, the big house with their Embra hat on aren't thinking the bigger picture. You know, Boris teams lose players every season during harvest and during lambing. Because guys kind of give up the Sunday to go Saturday and Sunday to go and play rugby because they've yeah. got work to do. Do you know? And there's other. There must be other clubs in uh, across the country that are affected seasonally like that as well. You've also then got the competition of the autumn tests in the Six Nations. So you want you know the, the you know players going off. You want to go and see the Calcutta Cup at Murrayfield. You can buy a ticket through the club, but if you're a player, you can't play for your club that weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so. So why can why try and compete with the big international weekends? I mean, sometimes it can work if it works if you can if when they're allowed to kick off early because that's a big issue as well because sometimes the SRU won't change the fixture time and they end up kicking off at the same time as an international match when it allows for it and you can kick off early and everyone comes to the clubhouse afterwards and watches the game it works but when you're kicking off at the same time as Six Nations games even if it's not the Scotland one you're on a hiding absolutely nothing. Everyone's in the club. People might still come to the clubhouse and watch, watch, watch the game on the telly, but nobody's going outside in the pissing rain. So, yeah, I think I think I'm, I think summer rugby could work. Yeah, I mean, like I think it was just before Christmas there was a rescheduled GHA game, um, and it got moved from the the actual pitch, the first the first fifteenth pitch, to the trading artificial pitch because the first fifteenth pitch was frozen. Which meant as I had to stand there on the sideline, it was snowing. I couldn't even write notes because the snow was that heavy. Like my pages were just getting absolutely soaking wet. And I, like, I was like interviewing Trevor Carmichael after it, like the GHA head coach. I was like talking to him with my phone up, right, recording what he was saying, and my hands were literally—I I was shaking, like I, <laughs> I'm shaking. Like, uh, no, I, the SRU you don't think of the poor, the poor journalists to the union. But but the thing is, well, there was only like ten people there because it yeah. was such a crappy day, and it was three days before Christmas. Yeah, madness, isn't it? Utter madness, utter madness. So yes, that seems like a reasonable suggestion. Um, I'm trying to see. I think that's um, that's all the news for the moment. Um, we did, I did say, because I wasn't sure we'd have much to talk about at the start of this week, but there was news came flooding in. Now, we went to Patreons and we said, what What would you guys like us to talk about? Um, and also give us your hands in the ruck, although I mistyped its hands in the Rick, um, and which got us on a, a lovely little sidetrack about Rick's. And then we, in the group chat, we found out about John's secret crush, which I'll not, I'll spare him. I'll spare him that on the podcast. But we did have... Um, long-term list, long-time listener and uh, previous contributor to the podcast, Alan McDonald, did say, "Where is the Scottish rugby sea shanty TikTok crossover?" <laughs> and and I think he meant it as a joke, but but I've been what? busy. 
So here we have what I believe is the first ever Scottish rugby-inspired sea shanty. Here we go. What, what shall we do with Duncan Taylor? What shall we do with Duncan Taylor? What shall we do with Duncan Taylor? Early in the morning. Play him at 12 until he's broken. Play him at 12 until he's broken. Play him at 12 until he's broken. Early in the morning. Put, Put him on the bench for back three cover. Put him on the bench for back three cover. Put him on the bench for back three cover. Early in the morning. So there you go. We've branched out into TikTok sea shanties. Thank you to Alan. Alan, Alan helped me with the lyrics on that. So, um, yeah. That's we are now a sea shanty podcast. Yes. I've, I've been wanting to do a Duncan. What should we do with Duncan Taylor chant for a while now? So it was good. it was nice to finally get that out there. <laughs> I'm glad you got that um, monkey off your <laughs> monkey yeah. off your back. Yeah. Uh, Alan McDonald says bravo. Now, what you two don't know is I then thought, <laughs> do you know what would sound really good as a sea shanty? Would be the Where's Dougie Donnelly jingle. <laughs> well, we've looked high and we've looked low. We've seen Dougie vibe on in his speedos. We just want to know did you see the legend that's Dougie Donnelly? Hey, ho, away we go. It was Dougie vibe on in his speedos. He was at the Aloha Leisure Ball swimming in the water. Now the man that we love most of all He's known from Gretna not to score Rugby, darts, golf, snooker and balls There's nothing that Dougie doesn't know Hey ho, away we go He was spotted once at the big Tesco's Shopping with his bag for life Picking up some tea for his wife Hey ho, away we go He's the greatest that we've ever seen Shammy dab, grandstand and spot scene We all love Doogie Donnelly <laughs> oh no! Oh, that's you officially back on Dougie Donnelly's list of like to be avoided. Refining orders. Thirty meters I've got to keep from him now. Oh, that um, was fantastic! Yeah, that was actually, yeah, that was so you can great. hear it. The in. What have I just listened to? You've listened to Scottish <laughs> Rugby Sea Shanties, the pen. That's what you've listened to. Um, I do, you can hear because the, 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 the app I used to make that only gives you 30 seconds of time. So you can hear it slowly speeding up at the end as I watched it counting down. See, Cammy, that's why you need a good rhythm section like John and drums and me on the bass. That's it. We're going to do metal. We're going to do metal versions of um, what do we do with Duncan Taylor? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I could speed it up enough that we could probably get three or four runs of it in 30 seconds. I, I saw how sweaty you got doing blast beats, John. That's, uh... oh, I, was, <laughs> I, was, I was a sweaty boy after that. Now, I then thought, I wonder what other kinds of musical genres I could do and apply to the jingles. So I did the Lions chat one as well. You ready? 
So that was the uh, lion's chat sleeps tonight. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you can hear now. Other things to be getting on with in your life. Now, I don't know if you can hear, but in that one, I'm singing really quietly because I'd started to get worried that uh, the family could hear me across in the house because, of course, we're on lockdown and, and might, you know, might start to worry about my sanity. <laughs> so I better not. When the, the Doogie Donny was. <laughs> the Jimmy Donnelly one was fine because they all went for a walk, so I could I could get loudy, you know, and really kind of get get stuck in. But the other ones, I kind of thought they'll start to wonder what I'm up to. You thought it was a good idea to rather rather than singing at full volume, you thought it was a good idea to publicise it to the three or four people that are watching here tonight. <laughs> yeah. They understand. I feel like I'm in a safe space. Everyone understands. <laughs> it's, it's an emotional safe space for us all. I did. I did do hands in the rock as a monastic chant. Do you want to hear it? <laughs> yes, hands of course. In the rock, hands in the rock. Who has got their hands in your rock? Hands in the rock. Hands in the rock. Who has got their hands in your rock? <laughs> I was thinking of a bit, you know, like kind of. Bring out your dead kind of monks. You get in the Monty Python sketches, but there, See, yeah. We should do the lion sleeps tonight again, like, uh, but as a barbershop quartet, and I will volunteer to do the the high pitched. Do you go to the high, the high note? Yeah, yeah. No. I'll, I'll, I'll go full okay. for Yeah, I'm not doing it right now. <laughs> we'll work out how the collaborate function works, and we'll get that sorted out at some point. <laughs> so yeah, that's been that's it's been a yeah. <laughs> that was magnificent. <laughs> what are we what are we two weeks into this the third lockdown and I'm already doing doing sea shanties <laughs> quietly in the in my office and I should be working. I've been locked in for about fifteen months. I'm going absolutely <laughs> mental. <laughs> I know the time. <laughs> uh, I've been playing so one much. minute and one hour, five minutes, another swear. Um that's only four, Ian. You're not doing too badly. Save me a bit of work afterwards. But and um, that's it for this week. Anyway, we haven't had any actual hands with that. We covered everybody's hands in the rucks. They're all around uh, Glasgow being the poor cousins this week. What, um, what about uh, the uh, Kyle Sinclair banning for swearing at the ref? For swear, I didn't. I didn't get the I missed the full story on this. Is it just that he had a bit of a swear? Uh, no, he directly shouted at the ref, who was a former teammate. Uh, he went, well, seems right. Get the get the pen out again. I'll get the pen out, yeah. <laughs> oh, for f**k's sake, referee! Right, so now he now he's been banned um, for two weeks. However, interestingly, the disciplinary committee have said that they are um, including a couple of Bristol League matches in it. So the, the, he will be banned for the Scotland game, but then he would be in the Six Nations squad anyway, so wouldn't be play, able to play in the next Bristol game. But they're including that as a meaningful match that he's going to miss, which seems like a bit of a swerving around of the uh, rules. Yeah, it seems utter madness. The other one, I don't see the... Uh, was it um, 
Reese Priestland got was it Reese Priestland? I'm going to go I, 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 or or Patch or the, the red card in the uh, for Scar- uh, Scarlets this week where he said so we're playing sevens now referee. Oh, Liam Williams. Oh, Liam Williams, that was him. Sakes, did you see it? No, right. I haven't seen it. Was that, it? See, that right. should be that should be an extra sanction because that's back chat to the referee. So we're playing sevens now. Is it yeah, utter right. madness? So what he's done is he's dived into a ruck. Like the tackle was completed. There was no way in hell that anyone from the Scarlet side was going to, you know, they they couldn't affect the turnover because there was already the other men in the ruck. He's gone diving in. He's made head-on-head contact with uh, Stephen Lewis Hughes. Now, in, in real time, it looks a bit innocuous, but when you see it slow down, you're just like, what are you doing? And apparently before that, Williams, Liam Williams, being the, well, he's a bit of an arsey little gob, isn't he? Yeah. So then stick that into your swearing list. Um, <laughs> he'd, he'd been winding people up and being really aggressive and nasty all game, and then he does that. And then once he got red-carded, he said, he said, what he said, you know, what are we, is it, are we playing seven now, is it? Then as he's walking off the pitch, right, I've not heard this myself, but apparently some other people who've watched it on TV have seen it. Uh, they've heard him saying to the touch judge, this is a f- will I swear again? Or Yeah, go swear again. Right. He said, this is a f- joke. Right. So if he turns up to the discipline and he goes, oh, I'm sure, I'll, I'll show remorse. It's a what a absolute crap. That's it. I think it's his third sending off. Yeah, right. and he's back. He had like if you watch the incident, like him going at the rock. There's no point or excuse. It's as pointless as when your man Dupria went and shouldered Chris Harris in the back of the neck. Yeah, it's completely yeah. pointless, and it was just an attempt to hurt somebody. I think this... that he's a hard man. I mean, he's a skinny little bandy leg. Um, thank you for that. Um, the <laughs> the save there at the end, and I don't have to bleep that. Um, the I think this and and the other thing, and I was chatting to the, this people about this, not literally face to face because we're not able to do that. But I was kind of we uh, back and forth on the messaging that this kind of, uh, you know, that that good this idea of good behaviour in rugby is utter madness. It's a safety thing. That's the reason why the sanctions should be. There, yep. yeah, you know, to, to, and this should be applied, and that—that's what where it's going to come down. This idea that somehow because you get sent off, you're a bad person. Sometimes it is accidental, but it's you know, in order to stop people behaving in that way or going in recklessly, that doesn't mean they're a bad or immoral person. It just means they've been reckless or careless, and they should be sanctioned for it. They shouldn't be have their charity work taken into, or how much seven <laughs> gifted they've given the national trust this year. Taking into account for the length of the ban. Well, did you see the um, what's his name? Um, the the fellow gets sent off for lifting French referee the Fijian. Yes. Winner. Yeah. Right. Have you heard about his background and why he was sacked from his last club? It's not good. I don't think. I I, I can't remember the full story, but it's not. Yeah. Right. So what happened was him and his uh, one of his teammates they got. Uh, went out. Um, hang on, I'm going to find his name. Um, but he molested women. He grabbed her breasts uh, without any consent. Two of her friends jumped in. He punched them in the face, and then got banned. And it's when um, it Squidge Rugby brought it up on Twitter, um, and 
then the guys from Rock and Roll, they'd said, oh, yeah, he's a horrible person, by the way. I looked it up. Then uh, Rugby Onslaught had written an article, and fair enough, this is about a year and a half ago. They'd said, oh, you know, he's done some terrible things, but he's a good rugby player, so, you know, we'll let him away with it. Oh, for Right, fine. All right, we'll go and like, it's fine. You can go and molest people, but as long as you're good at rugby, that's okay. That is part of the crappy attitude that keeps pervading through you know, sort of lad culture and rugby and so in certainly other areas, a lot of life. Um, and that's absolute crap. Just to say, oh, it's fine. You know, you can get away with that. Well, excuse him. Has he shown contrition for it? No, he hasn't. He's he's also he got done. Uh, we were at four for eye gouging CJ Stander. He's suspended for eight weeks. The man's obviously a bit of an arsehole. Mm. <laughs> but then, oh, because he's good at rugby, so it's all right. That was absolute crap from rugby on slot. Yeah. I mean, and the, this, this, I, what I didn't like as well is everyone, everyone was, kept, uh, there was a lot of rugby toys. Oh, I don't know what to make of this. Should I laugh or should it be terrible? I said, like, no, it's terrible. You don't touch a referee. That's like, yeah. It's pretty much rule one is you don't touch the referee in any in, in any sport as well. God, not just moralizing for rugby. You don't touch the referee. It was a wee bit of I mean at, at first. If it was a bar, in a bar, if it was a barbarians game, that's the only that's yeah, the only time I could see it. A barbarians game, but consent and being, you know, obviously part of the joke and being part of the atmosphere of it, but any other time is just yeah you just don't do that it kind of you know it totally erodes the the one thing right we always go on about our uh, i'm gonna say it hashtag rugby values um we always go on about this rubbish and the one thing we do well so far and we we have continued to do well is that respect for the referee on the most part um and any sort of contact with the referee, any sort of um, situation where that respect gets eroded, I don't think is right. So, Hotaya Rizuki. Now, the thing is, when I saw it, I thought it was... A, I'd said the referee had overreacted because it was it was the last action of the match. So he was obviously quite happy at the fact that he'd, you know, his team had won and you know that was the end of the game. And I did think it was an overreaction by the referee. It was kind of like when uh, Doogie Smith booked Paul Gascoigne for picking up his yellow card and jokingly showing at it. Yeah. Um, but it's more the fact that Rugby Onslaught had tried to excuse his previous behaviour yeah. just for being good at rugby. Um, that's absolutely shameful. Um, and it's not what... Well, we'll probably get accused of being woke rugby Twitter again <laughs> by, a, by a certain individual. Um, who again has been mouthing off about Thomas Francis moving back to Wales? Um, yeah, it's a lot of crap. Um, It'll be interesting to see if we can out the grass this time, though, eh? Aye, aye. We know someone, someone, someone is someone grassed us up to someone that doesn't listen to this podcast, and they decided to slide into my DMs and accused of saying things about them that we hadn't said. But anyway, I'm blocked <laughs> now. Yay! Oh, I'm not because I said no, yeah. Well, he he, um, he got upset that we'd mentioned him on the podcast, and then said I'd never been near a real rugby club, and demanded my phone number. And I said it's not Dream Phone, 
<laughs> referencing the 80s uh, gaming up or collecting phones. He then came back and said, um, it's, re- it's a real tell that Cammy's referred to Dream Phone here. Um, anybody who's been around a rugby club will know that the only phone numbers exchanged in changing rooms are for sex chat lines. And I said, <laughs> well, there's a real tell there. <laughs> Either A, he hasn't discovered the internet yet, or B, he's using sex chat lines. Which one is it? And then he blocked me. So I stand by my point because I still. And then loads yeah. of people, but loads of people then chipped in and went, "I play rugby. I haven't swapped sex chat lines with anybody." <laughs> I, I've played rugby for quite a few years and has never. I've never been past the sex chat Have line. You, in the, here's a new section. Have you been offered the number of a sex chat line by a teammate? <laughs> How did you react? Is it something that happens every week? Yeah. Let us you, know. You, maybe we, it, maybe we're the ones out of touch. With club, yeah. club rugby, there's maybe maybe a, a, a an article that we could write in this. Actually, a collaborative article about the the impact of not being given sex chat lines in the dressing room and how excluded we feel because of that. Yeah, yeah and uh, how long do you think it will take you to get paid for that? <laughs> now, there's a boy that, that, that before we go, I'll end on this. There's there's a boy who plays for rugby club that I won't mention. I won't mention the lad's name, but um. He once took to Twitter to claim to complain about the uh, the fact that the porn on Pornhub wasn't ethical enough and tagged Pornhub in it. And I thought, fair, absolutely fair play to that lad. <laughs> like, you know, unhappy with the standard of pornography on show. And, and rather than making the complaint private to put on his public Twitter profile and tag Pornhub in it, I thought, fair, you know. See, I believe there was a New York Times, I think it was an article a couple of weeks ago, um, and Pornhub have since uh, they won't because of worries about revenge porn. Mm. They've actually they've actually taken a moral stance about it and said that they won't accept anything apart from unless it's from a verified account. Yep, that's right. Yes, yeah. more than what Twitter will do. <laughs> so Pornhub, can he, you can't. I was going to say, he can't. Can he start an insurrection through Pornhub? <laughs> Not anymore, you can't. Well, you can nope. try, but... Not with that attitude, Cammy. Not with that attitude. <laughs> no, I think he's going to down his, his pirate jug of cider just before we finish. There we go. Just before we finish. There, he's nearly gone. I'm, I'm just wondering whether or not anything's... Last time, when me and John were uh, recording this last week, um, the... Um, oh, there we go. Last week, um, when we were recording, John, halfway through, we realised that American... We're, we're, we're in the. Oh yeah, we're, uh, we're having a coup, and not a healing coup, and not a healing coup. Um, this week, whilst we've recorded, uh, Donald Trump has become the first U.S. president to be impeached twice. <laughs> so he's been impeached. He's been impeached for a second time. Excellent, the seditious, treasonous rat son of a bitch. So I can't I promise. Hear. I can't promise uh, that. You know the outside world will be as exciting every time we record. But that's no. two. We're two for two, boys. <laughs> we're, we're, we're doing our best, but twenty twenty one. Next week, we'll make sure he gets re- like removed from Home Alone two. <laughs> well, well, in theory, I'm just thinking about. It. So, if we record a week from today, we will be in inauguration day, won't we? We will. Oh so, God. So, John, John, Josh, we, we skip next week. I can't. Who knows can't what's going to happen with a presidential assassination next week? Yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be peak me hosting, wouldn't it? Anyway, <laughs> join us next week. John is going to be hosting. It's going to be during the um, inauguration of Joe Biden. Who knows what will happen? 
join us to find out. I don't know what I'm going to watch when I'm going to watch this live because I'm moving. As I said, we're moving house. I'm, I've, I, I've, I've not got internet, so I'm not going to be able to there. Um, so, so we don't know what's going to happen in the wider world next week. John's in charge of the podcast. You know, that's. Let's just start small, John, and try not get us banned from Facebook again. Again, I absolutely. Um, this guy, <laughs> pirate Pete, uh, down here. I, I, <laughs> Right, hang on a minute. Right, so as I declare on Twitter, why is it I get banned about making a joke about you possibly taking drugs, whereas Donald Trump can raise sedition and like an armed coup, <laughs> and, and then Twitter just go, oh, well, uh, Facebook go, he's banned indefinitely for two weeks. Like, for, like where's the where's the parity there? Come on. Right, well, I'm going to go and I'm now going to go and Photoshop a gun onto Highland Cow after that. <laughs> um, like I said, we 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 are good. I'm 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 not going to be here for the next two weeks. John is going to be uh, taking over hosting duties, um, possibly for two weeks, possibly for one week. I think it's going to depend on how much news and things there are to talk about. Yep. There might be a game this weekend. We don't know. They've planned one, but there's also a storm coming in, so we'll see. Keep an eye on the normal channels and we'll announce when the podcasts are going to happen. Um, I'll be back in time for the Six Nations. We've got a, I've got a, a, I'm working on a special guest to come in, uh, which I'm quite excited about. I'll tell John and Ian about that off air. But for the moment, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from John and Ian. Bye, folks. Cheerio with no swearing. <laughs>